Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome back to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy, brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In this second part of a two-part series, we'll take a look at the data to see how the tariffs imposed in this most recent trade war between the United States and China have worked out for everybody involved. I'm Christian Clavidecher, and joining me will be our chief analyst and commodity market guru, Robin Barr. Trade policy has been in the news quite a bit over the last few years, namely the implementation of tariffs. Both the United States and China have introduced tariffs on billions of dollars worth of goods, despite mountains of evidence that tariffs do more harm than good for its supposed beneficiaries. Robin, how have things played out with tariffs this time around? Thanks, Christian. As we discussed in our last episode, dozens of government and academic studies examining various periods in history have found that protectionism, uh, including and especially uh, tariffs, has consistently imposed high economic cost on consumers and the economy. Nevertheless, President Trump has slapped tariffs on a number of Chinese goods during his administration. Although Trump's tariff actions were novel, their results have been pretty much exactly what the theory and history predicted. So the theory essentially is borne out but what we're seeing uh, in the real world. For example, let's talk about economic costs. The Congressional Research Service, CSR for short, report that show a pretty good summary of the tariffs overall economic costs are borne by both US importers and exporters. As of late January 2020, because of all the tariffs remain in place today, they've concluded that the US collected $54 billion from the additional taxes paid by US importers, according to the uh, Customs and Border Protection. These taxes have had a negative aggregate effect on the US manufacturing sector with increased import costs, offsetting the gains from increased protection, according to uh, analysis from researchers uh, at the Federal Reserve Board. Increasing tariffs also creates greater economic uncertainty, potentially dampening business investment and creating a further drag on growth. So not good news. Preliminary research, for example, suggests the increase in trade policy uncertainty may have reduced aggregate US investment by 1% or more in 2018. So likely even more uh, in the last uh, two years or so. Most studies predict declines in GDP growth. The Congressional Budget Office estimated tariffs currently in effect would lower US GDP by 0.5% in 2020 below a baseline without the tariffs, while raising consumer prices by 0.5%, thereby reducing average real household income by 1000 $277, so fairly large um, amount. From a global perspective, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, estimated that the tariffs would reduce global GDP this year by 0.8%, so quite a large impact 
deter on global uh, growth. The bottom line is that China and other foreign countries have not been paying the tariffs. Ha ha ha. The studies <laughs> instead show that US importers, consumers and businesses have been bearing most of the tariff costs, with foreign exporters bearing little and foreign governments, surprise, surprise, bearing none. Examinations um, of specific tariffs, such as those on steel, washing machines, and Chinese imports, came to similar conclusions about their costs, as do various anecdotal reports on the aluminum and solar panel tariffs. So, all in all, we can safely say that while the tariffs didn't implode the economy, they did hurt American consumers and producers, especially, and perhaps somewhat ironically, manufacturers and farmers. Hmm, an irony, uh, hopefully lost on no one. So can you tell us how things have played out in recent cases, uh, specifically of the steel and the aluminum tariffs? Yep. Uh, again, this is where we're seeing real-world practice meeting theory. So the steel and aluminum tariffs had a minimal impact on U.S. jobs in those industries. So we didn't have workers basically returning to the steel mills or to the aluminum smelters or to the downstream extrusion billet industries. Far from that and have done essentially nothing to address global overcapacity. So China basically has huge overcapacity in its steel industry, in its aluminum industry. And we can see that in terms of the, uh, the product and ingot exports uh, that the Chinese basically send over or had been sending over to the US uh, much for the last um, few years. So, as per the Trump administration itself, this has hurt U.S. producers and was supposed to be fixed by the tariffs. Steel industry stocks actually tanked in late 2018 and early 2019, and steel companies were laying off workers and curtailing investments by the end of 2019. A very similar story for U.S. aluminum producers and it's pushed the Trump administration to threaten reimposing tariffs on Canadian aluminum. And you can see um, how industry is dead against these tariffs when you've got companies of the like of um, Alcoa, uh, Rio Tinto, Alcan, basically suggesting that tariffs are harming industry uh, and therefore shouldn't be uh, levied on um, uh, on the industry. So again, a, a no-win situation. In fact, the Trump administration itself has quietly admitted when extending the tariffs to downstream derivative products in early 2020 that they hadn't increased and stabilized the industry's capacity utilization. So no good news there. As one Los Angeles Times story put it, Trump's steel tariffs were supposed to save the industry. In fact, they made things worse. Right. And now, listen, I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but can you delve into a bit of what China's experience has been with all this as the people that, uh, or if you will, the entity that uh, these tariffs were supposed to be either controlling or harming? 
interesting situation uh, when we talk about uh, China, because the tariffs there that have been imposed on the country, perhaps it's less about protectionism uh, and perhaps more about geopolitics. You know, why should the Chinese have an advantage, particularly at the expense of the US and, and other countries? However, the results of those tariffs, the phase one deal that Trump signed in January, um, and in fact, there will be no phase two, is a mess. Um, the agreement depends on China's compliance but provides China with no reason to comply and the US with no realistic way to force their hand. The deal's terms also make US exporters more dependent on the Chinese market and therefore uh, the Chinese government and actually encourages US companies to invest more in China. So much for that economic decoupling that we're hearing and reading about almost daily. On the bright side, and, and perhaps there is a bright side, China's nowhere close to meeting those commitments anyway. Research also shows that the deal annoyed allies and encouraged more Chinese economic interventions via subsidies, state-owned enterprises. This is precisely what we want them to stop doing. Uh, while the tariffs which remain in place have emboldened hardliners in China's government, stoked anti-American sentiment among the Chinese people, and given Beijing a handy excuse for the inevitable results of Chinese Communist Party economic mismanagement. So a whole host of charges, perhaps, against uh, the whole notion of trade policy uh, and specifically tariffs. Before 2016, most experts knew that tariffs were costly, ineffective, and politically messy. And we've spent the last couple of years relearning that lesson the hard way. Most American manufacturers, as well as the economy more broadly, are worse off, and almost every country, allies and adversaries alike, has retaliated. Despite all intentions to the contrary, Beijing these days seems more emboldened, not chastened. It will be interesting to see how the next American administration handles the situation, as they no doubt have their work cut out for them. As always, I thank Robin for joining me today. And of course, I want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. Join us next week for more insight and analysis of the commodity markets and the global economy. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on The Forward Curve.